Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to, Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. I am your host, Ezra Parter, and I'm joined by uh, our fellow writers on the site. Um, everybody introduce yourself. We'll go we'll start with we'll start with you, Jacob. Hi, I'm Jacob. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Jack. Oh, hi. I'm here. <laughs> okay, great. And 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 Adrian Hernandez. I'm here. I did it. We did it. Excellent. <laughs> um, we are all uh writers on on the site and uh podcasters on this podcast. Good job you're listening to it. Um, we have uh, a great show for you planned for today. A bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, but before we do, I have to let you know that if you're listening to this show live on YouTube, you're 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 a gem. Um, good job. Uh, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe. It that helps us a ton. If you're listening to this podcast later and you're like, wow, I wish I was watching it on YouTube. Yeah, we do too. Um, but but good job as well. Uh, like and subscribe on your podcast app too. Uh, we appreciate that too. Um, we record these and put them out live, and then they're available as podcasts the day after the show. Uh, anywhere that you want to hear a podcast, except oddly the podcast player I use, but that's okay. Spotify, iTunes, and Audible. Uh, we'll get into that later, Adrian. I was meaning to talk to you about it. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about the games that we've played so far this week, Vancouver and Seattle. We count the weekend as the week, um, and because we are coming to you on a Monday. Uh, we're going to get into a live poll about our defense uh and uh talking about some injuries and um talking about what's going on with SB Nation um but before we get into all that we have to get to what we said we'd start with which of course is the wins against Vancouver and Seattle um so so yeah I mean I I really enjoyed those games I don't know about you I I like I like a good win um the Vancouver game though I wasn't able to watch very much of uh jacob do you have thoughts on on that yeah um you know it was a little weird just because the the main you know theme of that game you know we're so avalanche centric here but it was you know it was bruce boudreau that was yeah. the the story of you know the entire nhl this week and so it was it was you know the avalanche they they took care of business they they beat the crap out of out of vancouver you know it was one of those games that you know we're used to as, as uh Avs fans at least last year where they just jump out you know early on get on the other team and it's just kind of kind of over early on and so that made it you know a little somber I would say just watching Boudreaux kind of go out like that you know you hear the the Bruce there it is chance and you almost felt bad but it's like this is you know if it, it's not the avalanche's fault obviously it's because Vancouver as an organization is the biggest mess in the NHL right now but you know, it was essentially kind of rubbing the salt in the in a very open and, and deep wound uh, out in Vancouver. Yeah, that that situation is crazy. If you only pay attention to Colorado and you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the speculation around Boost Pedro being fired has been going on for about a month, and it's pretty much confirmed that he was going to be replaced. Uh, he played out the string and was finally replaced uh, this morning or yesterday by by Rick Tockett. Uh, and and yeah, against the Avs, 
um, the the crowd was cheering for him. And then uh, I believe it was last night the crowd was cheering for him again in a home mm-hmm. loss. Uh, and he he teared up when they when they said Bruce, there it is. A, it's a nice moment, uh, you know, seeing how much that those fans respected him. Um, but we're an Avalanche pod, so Jackie, anything about the Avalanche play in Vancouver that stood out to you? Well, I actually think it was sort of a big game in a way. Like the Avs had something to prove just because they had lost to Vancouver twice already this year. So they had to avoid the sweep and they had won three games at that point. So they were starting to look a lot better, starting to roll, but it was important for them to win this game. And it's good that distractions didn't get to them. I mean, obviously they weren't about their team, but there's just a lot of non-hockey things going on and it, it can affect both teams. So I'm glad that, um, that that didn't happen. They scored a couple power play goals, so I think that was also yes. important mm-hmm. uh, to to get that rolling. Um, I I think they were both five on threes, so that they does were. change it a little bit. But then on the other hand, like you just absolutely have to score on a five on three if you're given one, and they did. And so I think those are also some positives to take out of that game. Yeah, and they'd spent so much of that terrible December uh, January power play. Uh, uh, streak, streak of of uh, 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 of a lack of finish, not finishing on five on threes when they had the opportunity. So it is it is great to see that. Um, it is. Uh, Adrian, uh, was there anything more to the Seattle matchup the next night? Given that their lineup has so many former Avalanche, Grubauer, Burkowski, I would say you'd probably guess yes based on just like the personality types on the Avalanche roster and honestly the guys personality types of the guys who left. Like, it's pretty well documented that Andre Burakovsky and Nathan McKinnon were pretty close while he was Mm -hmm. in Colorado. And I think, like, if that remains true, it's always fun to play your friends and to beat your friends so that when you go to dinner the next night, you have some shit to talk. So I think, like, that definitely plays a factor, especially for guys specifically like McKinnon and Rantanen and maybe even a guy like Gorgiev who's facing, you know, a former Avalanche goaltender. It's probably like a tip in the cap to get one over the other guy or I can't, was it Frankie and net that night? I can't remember. Yeah, but it was. It was Frankie, yeah, same, yeah. same, even more so there. Like Frankie just beat his old teammate, the guy who was the one a, so to speak above him. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of a feather in his hat. And, and I think like it brings, brings more to uh, the matchup every time the abs and the Seattle Kraken play, especially now that the Kraken are a little bit better than people expected them to be. Absolutely. And Burkowski, of course, was was out injured that game, but uh, but it would have been nice to see them reunite. And I imagine they did behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. uh, Burkowski's such a such a like funny dude. I'm sure he was good to good to joke around. Well, yeah. And you even I, you know, see like Abe Kubel yeah. and and uh, Kemper watching the Avs skate today ahead of the Capitals mm-hmm. game. So anybody in that locker room when they won the championship, I think anytime they meet each other again or even in the years leading up to that, like it's a little bit more special or there's a little bit more to play for. Not that you have to get up for an NHL hockey game if you're a pro, but it's always fun to play guys you used to know, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that makes total sense. Uh, now the Avs went from a, a five-game losing streak right into a five-game winning streak that we're, uh, that we're currently hoping to extend tonight against Washington, like you said. Uh, Jacob, what do you credit to that uh, turnaround? I mean, Val Nachushkin, right? That's yeah. kind of the story of the season. For real. Is that, you know, when Nachushkin is in the lineup, they're the avalanche. And when he's not, they're not. And I mean, you can really just see it, you know, in their uh, streakiness this year. You know, 
the beginning of November, they won, it was seven out of eight. And then they went and lost like, you know, five of their next eight. And then they win five of their next six. And then they lose seven of their next eight. Then now they're on a five game winning streak. And so like, it's, you know, it's kind of emblematic of a team that's still trying to to find their way and find this year's identity. You know, last year's identity was depth and that, you know, their second line was better than most teams' first lines on, on any given night. <laughs> and now, you know, this year, you know, you, you have to twist Bedner's arms to play four full lines on, on any given night. And so I think that, you know, really what, what we're seeing is, is a team that I think is, is on the upswing. They are starting to, to figure it out, but you know, this, this pendulum that they're on where they're either really, really good or really, really bad and nothing in between. It's, you know, it's a little bizarre, you know, for a uh, Stanley cup champion. It is really amazing how much of a difference Nutrition makes because it's not just his on ice play. Like obviously on the ice, he's 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 finishing well and he's a defensive stalwart. We know that uh, he he's so great at funneling the opposing forwards through the neutral zone into where the defense wants them to be, uh, and then winning puck battles. But it's also what he does to where people are placed in the lineup, right? Like seeing For Alex sure. Newhook getting to be a third line center with uh, O'Connor and Cogliano and being really effective in that role. Uh, is really exciting, and it, it's made possible by Nutrition's return. And it's only going to get better when Landeskog gets back too. Um, Jackie Pavel, Francois, and Alexander Gogev are shaping up to be one of the league's best goalie combinations. Obviously, Daryl Sutter, when they were playing Calgary, was saying it's the league's best one A and one B. Uh, do you think they should be splitting time more evenly going forward, or should we see more Gogev? What are your thoughts? I think they probably should trend a little bit more towards a split. And we'll see what happens going forward since I think Bettner even said that he thinks Georgiev looks better with a little bit of a break. And so maybe they don't want to ride him quite as hard as they did through the month of December. And obviously with Renzo's missing some time that made that a necessity, but um, it should be maybe closer to like a 60-40 split, I think. Both are playing well and that's a luxury so, um, yeah, I'd probably like to see even out a little bit more, even though I think it is important to still make your gift feel like the starter and he's the guy you'd start in a, a big game or something like that. But I think you need to utilize both of them because that is sort of the strength of the team this year. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely been a, a, a backbone to this, this turnaround as well, alongside Nichushkin. I You mentioned keeping Georgiev feeling like he's a number one. Do y'all think that he is, uh, that that his confidence is affected by seeing François taking games or or that he's just relishing this rest? I don't necessarily, I, I think they make it clear enough. I don't, I think François is like the perfect backup. Like he's just never looking to sort of sneak in and thwart the number one like I think he's yeah. he's the perfect support for a number one and so I don't think Georgiev should feel threatened so I don't really think it's about that or it's really going to come to that unless things go really crazy so I think I don't I don't really think that's anything going on behind the scenes but it's still like a confidence thing right mm-hmm. like if you're brought in to be the team's number one you kind of still need to feel like the team's number one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
that's yeah so like that's the kind of catch point too that the nhl is in that you know having a 1a and 1b goalie is is all the rage that's kind of the you know accepted wisdom is that's how you get through a regular season is you have to have two goalies you can't you know there there's only one vasilevsky there's only one shesterkin if you don't have one of those those guys you need two but mm-hmm. come playoffs you can't play two you have to play one so like <laughs> it's a delicate balance to to try to figure this out where you say okay we're going to give both of these guys enough reps to the point where they feel like you know they are part of the team they're cent- you know they're central to these teams fortunes but at the same time you need to make it clear that come playoff time one of those guys is the guy and you can't have you know it's the the old adage about two quarterbacks if you have two quarterbacks you have none and that's kind of the case (laughs) come come playoff time with goalies is that if you don't have one that you're settling on you know you might be in trouble yeah Yeah, and and go ahead go ahead sorry analytically like gorgiev is i think 13th in the league in goals saved above expected um and that's like with player goalies that have had like at least 10 starts i want to say um and then uh Francois is a little bit further down that list he's like i want to say like 23 24 so i think mm. w- with that being said obviously deeper analytics don't tell the whole story they tell a part of it a very detailed and logical part of it but um <laughs> it's it, it just goes to show that i think like that stat tells you two things one he doesn't quit and two like that probably seeps into the psychology of his teammates right like if you know you make a mistake in front of Gorgiev, it's not to say the confidence isn't there with Frankie, but like you've seen it be backed up by a save or two um, with Gorgiev when they get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has happened for Frankie as well. He's actually, Frankie's probably one of my favorite uh, guys in terms of making saves that he probably shouldn't. Um, I, I don't know at what rate that is in comparison. Obviously, it's not <laughs> as high of a rate, but his are a little bit flashier. I think it's just the silly sideness of him that kind of brings that to the table. But with the whole Gorgiev and Frankie situation, like like Jackie said, I think they've made it pretty clear that Frankie's the backup. And and they've made that clear f- about him throughout his career. Like even when he was really doing well the last couple of years before injury. Mm-hmm. And the fans were saying, let's put Frankie in it. Let's put Frankie in it. Even Frank- Frankie was like, yeah, I'm a backup. I'm just doing this until our guy gets back. So I think the message is pretty clear. And the, going back to the if you have two goalies, you don't have any. Um, that's entirely accurate like look who played last uh last stanley cup final it was basically darcy kemper with one eye instead of pavel france france so you know that just goes to show there was a one and a two last year although they kind of told us otherwise Mm -hmm. and and frankie is like like we've said frankie is the perfect attitude to to be a number two i think he i don't you know, I don't know him personally, but I just think Michael Sarah. Like he's just so he's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I got you. That's he's he's a great guy. He's great. <laughs> now oh, oh, uh end of the world. Uh oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Michael Sarah, it that Michael Sarah is Georgius. That's a great movie. Um uh now um we are going to do a live poll here on twitter uh where we we want to find out who folks think the abs should keep around when bo byram josh manson and kale mccarr get healthy on that defense we are expecting them to come back after the all-star break all three of them uh kale mccarr hopefully sooner um josh manson was skating in a red jersey this morning and, and kale was back in black so that that's good um but you know we've got a couple of options to to bench on the abs defense there's curtis mcdermott there's andreas Engelin, there's brad hunt there's jacob mcdonald and the fan favorite to bench obviously is sam gerrard uh 
uh, fan favorite as a, as a, <laughs> I, I completely disagree with them fan, kind of fan, but, but yeah. Um, so, so what do you all think about this? Uh, Jacob, we'll start with you. Who would you, who would you say? We got three guys coming back, three guys to sit. Where do you start? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, I mean, of all of the guys to keep, I like I would say it's Brad Hunt. You know, that guy, he's found a scoring touch. You know, he has as many goals on the year as Devontae's does. He has as many goals on the year as Samuel Gerard does. He's got more goals than Bowen Byram, Josh Manson, Martin Kaut. I mean, he is he has a howitzer of a shot. That's the thing that's kind of kept him around the the NHL all these years. And he, you know, he plays this, he's the avalanche style as far as this kind of undersized defenseman who's really good at, at moving the puck. You know, he's, he's has the right amount of urgency. I think getting that out of his own zone where it's not, you know, he knows that it's got to get out soon, but he's not panicking. And that, you know, again, that how it's of a shot, that's the tiebreaker, uh, you know, against England and, and McDermott and, and McDonald. If you put the puck in the back of the net, you got to stay in the, in the NHL. Uh, wanted to add something about Hunt. I think, the reason why he's looking better is because he's kind of like improved through his whole time. And I think England, if you had asked this question like two weeks ago, I think England would have been the guy to keep, but he's sort of not been playing as much and regressing a little bit. So it, it really is a toss up between the two. I would expect both of them to go before either McDonald or McDermott though. And um, about Hunt, like this, he does have a really hard shot, but it's really, unpredictable and inaccurate so when it does connect and go in the back of the net it looks amazing when it doesn't a lot of self clears a lot of really bad missed shots so that's kind of the difference between what keeps the guy in the nhl and ahlers like guys like hudon can look really good but is it ever really going in the net so that's kind of something i keep in mind interesting um but to get back to the mcdermott question yeah, I've been befuddled for like two years now. I don't really get it. Um, he does seem like a really nice guy. You know, we always got to say that. You know, we we don't want to hate on him as a person because it does seem like his teammates really enjoy him and everything like that. But to that, I also say there's a lot of nice guys in the AHL that don't get the opportunity either. So Pete Middleton, that shouldn't be <laughs> the reason why somebody gets to stick around and. On the intimidation thing, it doesn't make sense to me either, either because he's not that guy. Like he, he's huge and he can deliver a couple big hits, but he's he's not aggressive. He doesn't go after guys. He doesn't. There is no retaliation. This is why he doesn't fight that much because because 
he's not that guy like he's almost too nice he's a gentle giant is what Mm -hmm. he really is like Anglin has been in more fights I think since he's been in the lineup Mm -hmm. there's other guys that are are way more uh, way more intimidating in that way Mm -hmm. like to me the argument isn't even like does that bring value it's that he is not that guy he's not what you hear on altitude he's not what the narrative says about him and that's the part that drives me the craziest i think is because he's not even doing that and bednar doesn't believe in retaliation either anything that happens he's always like nope move on to the next shift like he Mm -hmm. they're never looking for payback so if it's just so funny when you hear like oh said mcdermott after him it's like they literally don't do that (laughs) so so, i I love those altitude guys being like oh yeah he's out there he's making sure nobody nobody's gonna challenge him nobody's ever gonna challenge him it's like no he's not gonna challenge anyone he he, he's just out there he's just out there I'd be interested to see if the combined fights McKinnon and Landeskog have gotten in. Is that more than all of the fights that McDermott has gotten in? Just because, like, it, it seems like it should be For about sure, him. Landy. And this isn't to uh, say that we want him to fight more. Uh, this is like a positive yeah. that he doesn't fight to me. But uh, he also has no other positives. So it's I don't understand. and and Jackie's right. We don't want to we don't want to hate him on him as a person. I'm sure everybody says he's 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 a super good locker room presence. That's great. But I mean, can we talk about the Seattle game for Curtis? He he was out there falling over every shift. Every time a puck hit him, it was a turnover. I swear, like, the trade was Curtis McDermott for a fifth-round pick and a guarantee that when he plays Seattle, he doesn't wear skates. It was, <laughs> it was insane. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, how is that an NHL player? Yeah. <sighs> And I know, yeah. I know, we, we just got into this hockey is for everyone uh, uh, controversy with what was happening in in Philadelphia with Ivan Provorov, and it is for everyone, but it's not for people who can't skate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and you know, it's funny that you say that too, because that's totally uh, like the antithesis of Colorado's identity. Like the yeah. Avalanche are known as a very fast, very talented skating team. Like Kilmakar is the best skater, probably defenseman skater at least in the league. So Absolutely. it's 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 kind of like a contradiction to what it feels like the abs are trying to do and formulate and within their lineup, which is why like I think he's the obvious choice for who you sit and who you scratch, because pretty much anybody else that you have to replace him with fits that stylist fits the abs stylistically better. One hundred percent. And I, yeah. I, I like this. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jackie. I was gonna say I will say in his credit. I think they've worked on his offense as a defenseman. I think as a forward, hmm. he provides nothing. Right. It's just easier to hide him. But as a defenseman, I they have implemented their system and their style that he is able to generate a little bit from the back end. It's just the unfortunate part is that he has to be defending as a defenseman. <laughs> and that's sort of the problem. Um like, I know they like to keep him because he can play both. And then if he doesn't play for like three weeks, if the miracle ever happens and they're healthy, then so be it. Like, I get that. But to me, it's odd that they're doing the same thing with McDonald as well. It's like, you definitely don't need two of these. Like, pick right. between them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's stranger that they have decided to then double down with this strategy that didn't ever seem to work. And now they're just keeping yeah. McDonald around. Yeah, and it was... Sorry, let me give you guys a a live poll update. So right now it's 41% Curtis McDermott, 7% Sam Gerrard. More people are voting for Sam Gerrard than Brad Hunt. 
Um, and people out of Jacob, Mc, Jacob McDonald is is the is the winner right now with forty nine percent, which kind of lines up with what Jackie's saying. Is like they're those yeah. two dudes do the same thing. Yeah, and just like to, to piggyback off of, off of Jackie's points, I like I don't understand why McDonald like they even pretend that he's a forward because the only like every t- every game that they do dress him as a fourth line center or, you know, or a fourth line winger, he gets like two or three shifts and plays you know like two minutes the entire night. Just like what is the point of that? You know, you couldn't. I get that you want to develop the kids down you know in in uh, the AHL, but you're telling me that like Sampo Ranta couldn't give better minutes than uh, you know <laughs> Jacob McDonald could on the fourth line. Apparently not after what he did in Ottawa oh. last week. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sampo, but that was rough. But um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, the 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 I will say Jacob McDonald defensively against Seattle was was solid. I didn't mind him against Vancouver. He was up and down. And and last week I thought there were some more minuses than than pluses. So maybe he's rounding into like capable again. But. And he was so fun when he was new. Remember? Oh, that was great. But uh, but yeah, for me, it's it's gotta be put McDermott in the press box, put Jacob McDonald back in the AHL, let Englund or Brad Hunt be your seventh defender. I, I like Englund. I, I know he had some rocky play and got benched for a too. bit, but I, I like him a lot. I think he's a he's for sure a third pairing defenseman in the NHL, whether here or somewhere else in the in the near future. But um but yeah, God, I can't believe they're seven percent for Gerard. Yeah, we got nine. It's and the sad nine. thing is, is I don't think it's all an ironic seven percent. It's no. not. I'd, <laughs> I'd be willing to wager that's like ninety percent serious, like all yeah. of us. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hopped in my car uh, last week and just turned on Altitude Radio, and the first thing I, I hear are people psychoanalyzing Sam Gerard, and it's <laughs> it's it's really like. It has become a, like a really bizarre obsession at this point where like there's a certain stripe of Avs fan where all they ever want to do is talk about Sam Gerrard. There's nobody else on the team who mm-hmm. like even, even comes up. It's just as, you know, as soon as anything negative happens, it's like, oh, that was Sam Gerrard's fault. It's like he wasn't even on the ice. What are you talking about? Yeah, he has two points like, and yeah, plus oh. one in the last five. So what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is true that he doesn't put up the offensive numbers that he used to. That's true. But then there are plays he makes defensively that are like, oh, he's still the same guy. He's just not as assertive and not as effective, but he's still there. But what's um, what's funny about you saying that, though, like his offensive statistics, he's never been a goal scorer. Like he's no. his, his high has been five goals. He's had one, three, four, four, five, five, and three so far this season. If he gets two goals in the next month, he's going to have a, a, a career high in goals. You know, he's he's had some big goals. I think he's scored yeah. twice in the playoffs. He's, or twice he's got half St. as many Louis. points as he did last season in about half as many games. And yeah. he's got, I mean, in the, in the season before that, they only played 44 or 48 and he had 16 points. So it's, I, 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 or sorry, 32 points. I don't get, he's been a top four defender since he's been in the league. And mm-hmm. he came in the league at a young age. People forget, and I think it, this has a lot to do with Kale McCarr's presence here. Because mm-hmm. we see how quickly Kale went from the kid who won the Hobie Baker and scored against his old team in the playoffs to the most dominant defender in the world. And that accelerated path, I think, sheds a light on other people, other young defenders in particular. That's just not realistic for them to live up to. Like, what do people want from Sam Gerard? I guess, is my question. Well, the other thing is, he, as amazing as Kale is, and he does create a lot of offense himself, he does also benefit from quarterbacking the first power play unit. Yep. That's about 20 to 25 free points for any defenseman in the league is to be on the power play unit like that. Mm-hmm. So, it, and I also feel like this light is cast on Byron, where it's like, oh, well, maybe his offense will 
develop one of these days. And it's like he's pretty much at a half a point per game for his career. And that includes mm-hmm. at the beginning of his career, he really didn't score that much. But it's like just because he didn't score a goal in the playoffs last year, it's like Byram has no offense. Like he scored mm-hmm. a goal before Makar this year. Mm-hmm. And he has five, I think, two goals and three assists in in the 10 games that he's played this year. And he gets a lot of his at even strength. And so you definitely have to be comparing apples to apples here. And I agree Mm -hmm. with Gerard, like, and I think he's on a, I don't know exactly what it is, but he's on a decent points run lately. Um, But that's also part of the team. Like the whole team wasn't scoring a five on five. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't get power play points. And so when the whole team's suffering at five on five, where do you expect him to get the offense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is the power play, the second unit that, you know, would be nice if the second unit got kicking. But I think we got spoiled last year when the second unit was top line players and on other teams. So, you know, having Andre Burkhoffi is here, second line shoot or second unit shooter is is pretty good. Uh, a lot. Of, if you see him scoring a ton in Seattle this year, you know. He belongs on a first power play unit. So that, that definitely contributed, but I will say Gerard at his peak put up 34 points in, in 1920. Uh, and right now he's on pace for 20 points, which is, it it is a down year. It's definitely a down year, but then that said he had 23 last year and everybody was happy with his play. So I don't know. It's, it's not, uh, it's not really fair to judge him based only on the numbers. I do want to judge him a little bit based on how effective he is at turning pucks over in the defensive zone and getting them, getting things going offensively. It's been a little bit rougher this year. I think I don't have the underlying numbers ahead of me, but or in front of me, excuse me, but it has been a little bit rougher, uh, but on the flip side of that, he's, you know, working pucks out to sample Ranta and, uh, and other guys who wouldn't normally be in the NHL. Uh, so, so it's not really, it's not really apples to apples like Jackie was saying. Yeah, it's it's a weird spot where like, you know, Gerard hasn't been perfect. And I think that one of the bigger issues that you can identify with the the abs is that the second defensive pairing has gotten worked a lot throughout this whole stretch. Now, how much of that is because, you know, Bettner hasn't had a fourth line to play. And so he's had a bunch of, you know, tired forwards that have made life extra difficult on Gerard and, and Johnson. Like that's all, all intertwined. And so, you know, Gerard is is absolutely deserving of, of some criticism. It's just that a lot of the criticism is like certifiably insane. You want this guy <laughs> off the team and like sure like say drop him down to the third defensive pairing or, or whatever and you know cut cut his minutes and try to send a message but like you want to bench this guy for curtis mcdermott what <laughs> like yeah, right doesn't make any sense what it if i told you found... to go ahead jackie i was gonna say i found a really <laughs> odd statistical anomaly with gerard and i haven't looked it up in the last couple of weeks but um he does really well with francos and i don't know why maybe huh. it's just a weird I I don't know anomaly but then with Georgiev it's really bad and so like his on ice save percentage is what I'm talking about so Uh like with Francois it was like a 960 and with Georgiev it was like an 860 or something like that like that wide of a spectrum and so I don't know if there's anything to it if if it's like communication or because Francois um catches on the other side and then i know that sam is the one that has to switch sides a lot like he plays right defense a lot if if he's not with eric johnson Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know if that maybe works into it i just thought it was a really strange (laughs) difference there so um i'm also kind of watching like 
now that Franzosa is, is back and playing more, is Gerard suddenly looking better? Is there something to that or not? I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope so. That's really interesting. I, funny enough, now, too, we, like we talked a lot about Gerard's defensive zone giveaways. He has one less than Devon Taves and 11 less, half as many as Kale McCarr. Now, obviously, Kale McCarr is on the ice for like 27 minutes a night, so that's going to happen. Um, he's just going to have more of every stat, pretty much. But like to sit here and and, and expect like Ger- to to act as if Gerard is giving the puck away more than anybody else is kind mm-hmm. of naive and not true. Sure, maybe situationally you see the giveaway and and situationally it hurts more, but on, on a, a strictly number basis, the guy only has 17 giveaways. Like yeah. what they consider true giveaways, which is like passing the yeah. puck right to the other team. So like he's really kind of Floating in a, in a familiar territory, something he's always really done. Now, you can say, well, the fans have always had an issue with him and his giveaways. I don't think that's true. When Gerard kind of first came in as a result of the trade, people were very excited about him. And also, you know, they loved his play style, especially the Tornad. Like, that was every, – everybody was like, oh, man, the Avs have won this trade already because Sam Gerard. So it's just funny to me how quickly it went from look at how promising and young – and what a great contract Sam Girard is on. Two, oh my gosh, this guy is a is a is a problem. We got dudes <laughs> holding up signs in in Avalanche jerseys. That's so sad. Really. In opposing Absolutely. arenas, that saying trade Girard. You know, yeah. like that's that's. Tell me you're out of touch without telling me you're out of touch. Like just because you Very can serious. buy a jersey doesn't make you a fan, and that person is proof. If that's how you express your fandom. I invite you to go be a fan of the Boston Bruins because that shit doesn't fly for me. I'm just saying. It was. And I, I think that guy was undercover trying to get Gerard <laughs> Maybe he wasn't. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Maybe he was a Canucks fan doing a little trade Gerard reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. say, I mean, I admit that I have been a Gerard fan. I have a Gerard reverse retro. So nice. um, I wear that proud, <laughs> especially when I feel like he needs a little bit of extra support. Um, I it's the Vegas series like he got scapegoated for that and that mm-hmm. series was not his fault like that's when they had Nemeth the whole team was terrible they just kept zooming in on him on NBC like it's their fault they were the yeah. ones that started that narrative and was like oh boy Sam Gerard was on the ice and it was like he was the one trying to to basically do three people's jobs like he's the <laughs> one back usually the one guy that's back isn't the one that caused the problem <laughs> yeah good right point. yeah say so, yeah but like he's playing on fires yeah yeah but he's yeah. the one like oh, oh it's a three-on-one and look gerard didn't stop yeah. the pass so it's it, his it, fault and it, um yeah. and if you if you still think that he was the problem in the vegas series you did not watch because the problem in the vegas series was the second line and the abs did not have an answer for their second line their second line just absolutely dominated over and over again we couldn't get the puck from him and that had nothing to do with sam gerard unless he was on the ice but you know, like that was a t- like Jackie, you said that was a complete team team effort, and honestly, they lost as a team to the Knights. We didn't we we didn't have what it took that year. That's what we found out. Um, but it had yeah, nothing but- to do with Gerard. And everyone's gonna say, "Well, the Avs finally did it." And guess who was out of the lineup with injury? Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. He that you- he scored <laughs> against St. Louis. Like it's not yeah. like he did nothing. I mean, he was a huge part of why they won the I think the first two games against St. Louis. So. You can't say like, oh, they would have. They only won yeah. because they didn't have him. I think they won because they had Byram that was able to take those mm-hmm. minutes. Is really why I think they won. That's but it wasn't right. 
it wasn't because they didn't have Gerard and and it's like I think it's good that you guys have pointed out that he does deserve some criticism this year like he has been on the ice for a lot of goals against that's true like I said I pointed out for some reason him and Yorgiev don't mix like I I don't know maybe that's part of a little bit of the reason but it's just it's unfair to the point that that you want him off the team like you guys said and honestly I do think there's bias his size his French you know mm-hmm. there there's a reputation like oh players from the queue they can't defend like there's still Trinigan. that bias <laughs> yeah. and you know it you can definitely see the bias showing is what I what I say like everyone's free to like who they like and, and dislike who they dislike but um you know it it it's frustrating when you can definitely see there's obvious size and type bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, like, and it's, go ahead. It's, it's, the, I think the thing that's so frustrating about it, like going back to that, that Vegas series, how everybody just, you know, that's the only lens in which they, they look through Sam Gerrard, you know, the complaints that are made against him that, you know, he's small, he's soft, he's not physical enough. If you listen to the abs after that series, they said that was the entire team's problem that they just didn't match Vegas's physicality that, you know, if you want to call him soft, I guess like that's, you know, the, the way that they played that series and they took away from that series saying we need to be a bigger and more physical team. And so, you know, it's it's very unfair to sit there and focus it on Gerard when you, you know, if you listen to guys like Nathan McKinnon after that series, they were basically saying the, sa- the same thing about the entire team. And so, you know, the next year they come back and, and they win it all. They prove that they did take, you know, lessons from that from that series, everyone on the team. And yet, you know, everybody except for Sam Gerard gets a pass now that, you know, we're all looking at the Avs as this post Stanley Cup team. But Sam Gerard is the only one stuck in the Vegas series. And the other thing is big guys don't clear the crease either. Like there's tons of clips this year from Englund not clearing, Johnson, McDermott, and even Manson not clearing the crease. To me, that's the craziest narrative because it's just not true. So that that's also part of the that everybody needs to defend, right? And mm-hmm. and that gets to your point, Jacob, that um it's not just the small guys that got run over, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. And that old style of, of clearing the crease is very 90s hockey. It's not really how it's done now. What what you want to do is win your puck battles and get the puck up the ice. And Gerard yep. is good at that. So I don't know what the I don't know what the, the deal is. This bias that we've talked about is really, really clear. I didn't recognize that 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 NBC was the source. Um but oh, yeah. I guess you heard it here oh, yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and breaking NBC news hates our it short didn't, king. It didn't work mm-hmm. for the Golden Knights either. It didn't work for NBC either, did it? (laughs) No, it didn't work for NBC and it didn't work for the Golden Knights. Um, You know, and and, I imagine it was Mike Milbury, and we shouldn't trust anything he says. Yeah, well, (laughs) the story of that of that image, I guess, that the Knights had that season was kind of like around Reeves, remember, and his his Mm -hmm. the altercation he had with Graves in front of the net and ripping his hair out and all that weird stuff. Uh, You know, like that didn't work. It doesn't work. Follow follow Reeves around and find out which team is still valuing that, and you're going to find the team that's probably pretty good but going to lose um, when it gets time to play hockey. Because Reeves is like is is as if like if Curtis McDermott were not nice on the ice, like we talked about, he would be like Ryan Reeves, right? And we would see more of that nasty streak come out in him. We just don't see it um, because it's not there. And we don't to to pretend like that sort of style is winning hockey. It's only winning hockey if it's a part of your game, not your entire game. That's my my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, now, um, 
we did uh we did talk about uh who to who to replace on the defense if uh the Avs keep around uh all these guys who are coming excuse me when all these guys come back from injury uh and the Avs are said to be primarily healthy after the break um i know today that uh manson and mccarr were skating uh uh manson in a in a red no contact jersey mccarr back in black do we have any other um health updates from for anybody uh, yeah, Byron was out there um, before the team got started, so it's good to see that he's still con- continuously skating. Um, Mulgan was out there as well, so hmm. he might be another guy that they're looking at after the break. I think Benner said something about because the break something like 10 days, it, there's really no reason to play any of these guys before the break, so I'd say he's on the horizon as well. Um, I think we mentioned last time maybe he he was scheduled to be out about a month, which seems to track. Uh, so I think that's where they're at now. Oh, uh, EJ did not practice. They said it's maintenance, but that's just code for like we don't injured, know but not injured enough to not play <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he was made... getting extra minutes, and then he he had that that shift where it looked like he he maybe turned an ankle falling, diving to knock a puck away from the net. So it makes sense that he's taking a day off. So so maybe he's a little bit of a question mark for the Washington game. And, and McCarr practiced fully, so he's probably good to go. I, I think a lot of it is up to him. And sometimes I think he can be a little bit more conservative than maybe some other players are. But, you know, he knows what's best for himself. So I think that's where we're at. Yeah, knock on wood. Hopefully nobody else gets hurt during the week. And then um, with a nice 10-day break, maybe – could be looking at the mythical mostly healthy <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah i think i think when guys start to come back i wouldn't be surprised if you see ej start taking some nights off as like a healthy scratch quote unquote, I, we all kind of wish that would happen and just benner doesn't do that like he he's just very much like this is the group we want the group to be together we want them to just just have this like cohesion and this consistency and it's it, you know, like he wasn't giving helm nights off. He just never did that. He didn't do it with Belmare. Just sometimes we just wish that, like, is there any need to play these guys at the end of their career every single night? And yet they do. Yeah, especially guys like Darren Helmler. Like, the only reason you get him is for the playoffs, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that is the main reason that you get, you know, the Darren Helms, the Andrew Caglianos. Like, those guys should be getting some rest so that they can, you know, be a full go come playoff time. So I hope, fingers crossed, there, I guess there's always the potential for that. Um, but I don't know. I don't see Benner doing it, but hey, you never know. Maybe this year he's got to reimagine a few things to be able to get through this season and then hopefully be able to um, make an impact in the playoffs again. Yeah, and and while we're in this area, I do want to touch on EJ. I mean, he's 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 been stepping up in in the absence of Makar. I think he's played really well in these last few games. Uh, I love to see it. He's he's obviously not the the flying condor that we got used to in his younger days but he's I, I love his game when he's when he's playing smart uh and he has been he's been conserving his energy being in the right spots and making just the nice little plays that need to be made it's it's good to see i, saw I think it's like, part of it is like gerard's doing all the skating <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have to skate anymore with the puck. that's true <laughs> but um but yeah like it seemed like he was a little bit rough for the beginning of the year but it, it's like the more they've asked of him the better he's been so i guess that's that's definitely encouraging. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's and, funny. I saw like he. I think it was. I don't know if it was the Canucks or Calgary, but he like did one of his patented coast to coast kind of routes and got to the opposite end in the corner. And ju- you could see like even in his eyes, he just kind of dumped it in the corner and turned around, and he was absolutely gassed heading back to the bench. <laughs> and I and I imagine in his mind he was like, yeah. That's that's not a thing anymore for me. I'm, I'm not going to try that anymore. It was I just thought it was funny because that was like he used to do that against his old team, the Blues, all the time. I felt like as a to make a point. Um, but yeah, the, the coast to coast condor, he might be extinct at this rate. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, he's uh, got to really conserve those legs. <laughs> yeah. The athletic uh, came out with updated player cards, which uh, are yeah. just um, analytics reports on on players that judge how much their market value is and how much value they have uh, based on their contract. And Eric Johnson, obviously at his $6 million number is, is overpriced, but they, they graded his market value at 3 million, uh, which is, hmm. you know, a, a high end third pairing defenseman, low end second pairing defenseman. And I think that, I think that's fair. His play recently has really borne that out. And I, I don't think he's like cooked, which we may have been saying earlier in the year or at points last year, even uh, where he was really playing poorly but but he seems to have rounded into a form where he is a good third pairing defenseman uh and a capable second pairing defenseman right now which is great yeah that was that was one of my concerns as the the injuries mounted was you know him having to play more and more minutes with at this age like would we start to see see a decline and so it's been really encouraging seeing the opposite that essentially as you know he's had more and more thrown on his plate he's gotten better and better as the season has gone on Mm mm-hmm yeah, and just to bounce a little bit off your player card stuff, I also, thanks to you, saw Evan Rodriguez's player card, and I thought it was fascinating that his market value is $100,000 above what Calgary paid Nazem Kadri to come be a Calgary flame. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, if he's you think about that, he's being paid $2 million a year, and, and according to this these analytics, he's worth just as much as Nazem Kadri. So good good moves right there from the Avalanche management, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, like- he's- Go ahead. Um, I mean, Rodriguez is definitely over, <clears throat> overplaying his what two million dollars salary, so he's yeah. <laughs> he's definitely bringing value there. I I don't love the model from the Athletic as much because I think it's interesting to compare within a team to see who is performing better or worse. But like those market values are out of whack. Like yeah. Makar is, is like 19 yeah. million, which, okay. We can say like, he's worth that much, but he literally can't be paid that yeah, much. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, it's not actual salary. It's just yeah. how much yeah. value they're returning on their, on their dollar um, in terms of production on the ice generally. And it's sense. not even like, it doesn't really do a very good job of factoring in underlying statistics. It is truly production because like, yeah, Sam Gerard is, is rated league minimum. Not yeah, to go back to Sam Gerard, it's really unfair to him on that card um, uh, oh, because God. his defensive underlings are like pretty good. But then all of a sudden, his because his offense isn't as high as it used to be, he's he's rated so poorly. It's not fair. Um, but it is. I, I do think it's interesting. Like uh, there are so many different forms of analytics that you have to just take them all in and see. Like, okay, how does this mesh with what I'm seeing? And and where do I, where do, what do I believe? What do I like? What do I take away? Uh, and and you're right. These player cards are a little bit unfair, but they're fun to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, I like them as a as a comparison, like all within the same context. So like all on a, the same team, it's interesting to see like how they would slot. It's just harder. To like compare, like Adrian brought up Kadri. I'm I'm gonna bet that his player card's higher than seven million. 
so it's like yeah. you know That's it, a good point. i don't know some of their models they come up with it's it's like yeah you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you definitely have to just kind of make sure you're comparing apples to apples with that stuff yeah. yeah that gerard one doesn't really make a whole lot of sense i mean like you know just just going by goals we don't even need to you know go go crazy there are three teams in the NHL that have allowed less goals than the Colorado Avalanche have all year. And you're telling me that a guy who, the defenseman who plays 20 minutes a night is worth the league minimum. Like that, yeah. that just, yeah. it doesn't square. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I'm, I picked up uh cadres and it is actually 7.2 million. Oh, so is it? Okay. More, all right. 100,000 I... more than uh, Rodriguez, but, um, oh, okay. so I was, but that's, I was, they've I was got his defensive metrics really poor on this card uh, cadres. And I mean, I, we know from experience as Avalanche fans that he can be a really effective suppressor. So, and I, I think I think all of the Avs get sort of I don't know if you want to say overvalued, but given a lot of credit for their defense, just because. And I think the model the Athletic uses, I think they combine the last three seasons, so it's not just this year. Mm-hmm. So, especially with how strong the Avs a bit were defensively last year and and the year before as well. So, like everybody on the Avs is going to have like a lot of value in the defense like if you look at Comfers, he's like at 89 percentile which i know that you all maybe like Comfer more than i do but <laughs> he's probably i mean can we admit he's probably not that high yeah. defensively they've got him yeah. at the 92nd percentile yeah uh, something like that so that uh, that's stretching a little bit <laughs> you know peter ball you, you know he does great work but he, it's funny he always uh, mentions like Oh, Confer's such a strong defensive player. Like he's one of the league's best. It's like I, <laughs> I would say it's more know. about like his effort than his defense. I think that's what people get confused with a lot. Is like but he has he been. Get... I will say that he's he has like really well made his game more mature and rounded yeah. his game more. I will give him credit for that. But yeah, this year his defense has has been very good. I would say I think he's he's really really stepped up. Over yeah, he's... his career. That's ninety seven. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. also have the picture of JT in the player card, just to illustrate how maybe these guys are a little out of touch. In the picture, he's wearing an A. He hasn't worn an A in a long time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure when that was. I, but... I, I want to say like four years ago. Um, I don't know if I'm right, but that's what I want to say. Um, well, but we have a new or, or it could be preseason. Sometimes, it, oh, sometimes yeah. you can find pictures where oh. somebody wore an A in preseason. It's like, right. when did this guy ever wear an A? And it's because <laughs> <laughs> they were handing them out to whoever back then. <laughs> but uh, we do have a newcomer here on the podcast right now. Uh, our managing editor Who's Evan. Evan is here. Welcome, Evan. How very, are you? Very new, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just started yesterday. Um, and no, today. rising the ranks <laughs> yeah. uh no you just made it to here today that's all i mean um uh and i know that i know you you had something you wanted to talk to to everybody about uh to end this pod today yes i i hate to end it on on bad news i just got out of another meeting um also talking bad news but that's my own personal things so sorry you don't get those stories but <laughs> um tell us later I'm, sure <laughs> uh basically i wanted to i wanted to come on here and address kind of the the elephant in the room um for what has been the last kind of 72 hours um with sb nation and vox media and all of the all of the crap that's gone down to say it nicely <laughs> um, 
So basically, um, Friday morning um, is when we were told and you know had received emails about um, changes that were going on at Vox Media, um, which included um, my boss, Steph Driver, um, who was the managing managing kind of editor of all of the NHL and all of the hockey sites for SB Nation, um, was getting laid off, um, and that she was part of the the seven percent or so that would be cut um and that then it would be affecting um what was it the soccer sites um the majority of hockey sites um i know there were a few others in there but i don't remember exactly off the top of my head college basketball um things like that um so of course in this panic on friday morning um all of the site managers were receiving emails saying um, your site will no longer be supported by Fox Vox Media um, at the end of February. And then um, Mile High Hockey is one of six that is going to be remaining moving forward. Um, so the six remaining are us, um, Canes Country covering the Carolina Hurricanes, Pennsburg covering the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, All About That Jersey covering New Jersey, uh, the Devils, um, Lighthouse Hockey um, covering the New York Islanders, and Stanley Cup of Chowder covering the Boston Bruins. Every other site is going to be um, non, non-functioning by the end of February. And I put that in quotes because at least from the, from the sounds of things, um, we're not 100% certain yet, but um, other sites, they will still be up like online. You can read their things. They're not going away. Um, and it sounds as though as if Vox Media wants people to continue um, writing and producing things um, for the site unpaid, um, which sure they'd love that. Yeah, they would love that. And it's something that has been used and taken advantage of by Vox Media. That's how I started as, at mm-hmm. Mile High Hockey. I started as an unpaid contributor um, and have just kind of worked up. Most people start like that or start with a very low pay um i can say that everybody in this room in this zoom call um does so much great work and does so much for this community and do not get paid anywhere near close enough to make that happen um it's it's all a passion thing for us i think um if i had to guess and of course just outside of this room too but the entire mile high hockey staff um you know that's that's just how we've been and we've been trying to do it for obviously this great community that we have. Um, and while we're fortunate to still have this community um, for the time being, um, we're going to be losing a lot of many others, um, which is a really, really big shame. Um, so in case you missed my announcements, um, I wrote a whole and kind of initial letter reaction um, on Friday morning. Um, and then one just as of recording today on Monday, um, Monday morning, just kind of telling people how to support us, how to keep us going here for at least a little bit longer. Um, and so kind of the way that that will happen is that unfortunately the people above me, um, all they care about are the clicks, the views, the traffic, um, and the ad revenue that they get from our websites pretty much. That's the way they that's the way they look at it, and that's the way they determine our budget and who gets paid and who doesn't get paid, so on and so forth. 
um, meeting a quota, all those all those fun business things that this college student is learning right now who's not a business <laughs> student. Um, but anywho, um, so, you know, just we've been trying our best to kind of go with it. Um, and, you know, we're, I'm, I, as I said, too, in, in our in our piece this morning is that um, we've been trying to move away from clickbait articles as much as possible, um, because obviously they will get you clicks and views and all those things that that people above me love. Um, but um, that's not that's not what I wanted us to be. I had dreams and hopes that we would become, you know, a lot more professional and, you know, maybe one day end up in the press box up at Ball Arena um, to give this great community even more bigger, better, exclusive coverage um, of the Avalanche that you could find only here and not anywhere else. Um, but I, with that being said, um, I don't think we're going to be around too much longer with all of the other ships burning and sinking around us. Um, so um, just wanted to to address that. Um, and I know it's unfortunate for a lot of people. I know we're very fortunate, at least here at Mile High Hockey, the, the five of us in this room, we're still going to get paid. We're still going to be able to write for at least a little bit longer about this great hockey team. Um, so the best way for you all in the community to support is to keep clicking, share, follow us on Twitter, retweet on Twitter, um, do all those things to, to make the numbers, um, you know, good. And I hate that I have to ask for that, but that's just <laughs> kind of the way that it has to be, at least for now to keep us here for as, for as long as we can be. Um, so if if we could just do that, that would be great. Um, and I think kind of the last thing I have to say about this is that, um, you know, pre-Ezra and Jacob era um, of Mile High Hockey, things were tough. It was really tough. Um, Adrian and Jackie, they can, they can relate to that. Um, they can kind of understand and recognize that probably if this had happened a year ago, January 2022, um, the mile high hockey would definitely be one of the 28 or 27 other sites that are going to be shutting down um and not being financially supported um so to that i say who knew that a stanley cup win would be so influential in more ways than one yeah um ended on that good note uh, winning always I, helps winning always <laughs> helps exactly and, and i know i know adrian too you also had things about specifically about the podcast that all yeah i just i just wanted to just to let our audience know that like we're not going anywhere um in terms at least of doing what we do here on the podcast um i take a lot of pride in the fact that a lot of this stuff we we put together privately outside of the support of our parent company um with that being said, you know, in the future, if there is some site changes and we're told we can't use certain names or stuff like that, that might happen. Um, we'll do our best to kind of not lose track of where our stuff lands on the streaming platforms. Um, I know how to do that already. So there's just there's definitely going to be uh, some some changes, but just know that the the crew here, we're not going anywhere. Uh, like Evan alluded to before, this is mostly a passion for all of us. Like the budget we're on right now gets me a couple bags of chips and a, and a Gatorade at the <laughs> convenience store, which is nice. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and say like, it's not nice to be paid to do, to do something, whatever amount it is. And I feel 
for the people who are, you know, losing even whatever small source of income they were getting from this these projects. Like that's that's a shame, and I'm I'm really sorry for those people. I will say, you know, we'll be a platform even for those folks on those other sites because I still have all those contacts. I still know all those people. We're still going to get those people on our programs and go support these these individual writers now. You know, if if the site's not a thing. Go go search out, search out these people. They're going to be popping up in other areas. Um, there's obviously a demand for the services that we provide. It's just that the company we're being we're being asked to provide them for is willing to ask us to do that for free, which isn't something that most companies are willing to do. It's kind of run rampant here in the journalism department these days. But circling back to the podcast, like the lab is not going anywhere. We're still going to be here to do live polls that piss you off. Uh, we're still going to be here to let Jackie just chew your ear off about who's injured and who's not. And we're still going to be here for Jacob to tell you that, you know, Curtis McDermott isn't the fit and that he shouldn't be the Senate defender. So we're not going we'll anywhere talk about that every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just stay tuned and share us with your fellow abs fans and, and, and just know that like, like Evan said, the clicks and the stuff, that's, what's going to keep us around. But the, the support and the passion that we've already seen is why we probably won't ever put this away or put it to bed, at least personally. So thank you and for I'll, your time. Oh, yeah, go sorry. ahead, Jack. I just want to say something real quick before you like wrap all of it up. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think you're heading that way. But <laughs> um, for me personally, I started at Mile High Hockey in 2017. I was not paid a dime for right. five years. So I created content. You know, I am willing to create content to keep the community going if it comes to that you know yeah uh it definitely wouldn't be at the uh the frequency that you are seeing today but to go off on your passion uh point like the money isn't why we all are here and it would be a shame to see the support go away but we will find other ways to keep it going if we are allowed to keep it going on the site that that could be an avenue we explore and, and see what that looks like. But, um, you know, when I was brought in, it was never even mentioned to me that that it was working towards getting paid. Same. My impression until really recently was that only the managing editor would Same. be getting paid and everyone else was just it was up to you if you wanted to do it. If you didn't like I don't feel taken advantage of because. I wasn't under any other impression. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to me, I'm just thankful that I was ever paid at all. And I'm thankful that it will continue for however long it is. But sure. um, that's just so not what this site in this community was about. And so we're, we're going to be able to figure something out. And, um, and I know the community is so strong across all platforms. I know mile high hockey is just one slice of it. And um, I'm very grateful for anybody that, that straddles those lines that is a part of a bigger community somewhere else. And they still come uh, and comment or listen to us. And so there's just going to be a lot of ways to continue what, what we've built. Yeah. And and just to double down on that, like, yeah, I didn't know that getting paid was a thing until Thomas and, and uh, the, uh, the Steph, when she told us a little bit of a secret. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, there's a budget. Well, what do you know? So Evan, thank you, and 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 big shout out to like Thomas and Steph for the work that they you mentioned. You know, like a year ago, we wouldn't probably wouldn't have made the cut, so to speak. 
Um, and a lot of that has to do with those two. So big shout out to them and, and thanks yeah. to them for, for their hard work and, and enabling us to do what we do still. Absolutely. And I mean, I applied last year under the assumption that I was doing it for fun. And then, yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> and then Evan this year was like, okay, and, and you're getting paid this much. And I'm like, I am? It's <laughs> so much money. It's so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Evan, thank you. And thank you for, for uh, handling being the bearer of bad news on all of this uh, and mm -hmm. keeping us informed and keeping the audience informed. Um, and we'll be all right. Yes, we're we gonna be all right. right. Yeah, we're gonna, we're be, gonna right. be all right. Yeah, we'll make it through. <laughs> and and but, uh, just before yeah. we finish, yeah, sorry, man. we're gonna <clears throat> end, we're gonna end by rediscussing re the live poll just once. Oh quick. no! Yes, I did, <laughs> okay. I, hear I didn't see the live. Yeah. I did not see the. I'm yeah. gonna go to Twitter right now. We got so. 156. Yeah, 156 yeah. voters. <laughs> we got six percent of them voted for Sam Gerard to be benched in the event that these Avs. 49% Curtis McDermott, 35% Jacob McDonald, 10% Brad Hunt, 6% Sam Gerard. So he's the least. And some of the comments are funny. Gerard over England? <laughs> come on. The fact that Gerard is even on this list is The laughable. Gerard over England one is particularly yeah. funny because uh, it starts with the fact Gerard is on this list is laughable. I would – and then somebody else is like, Gerard over England? Come on. <laughs> yeah, say, exactly. I, oh. I see our Eddie already commented on Gerard over England. Come on. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, bench the people saying Gerard. That's a great comment. Right. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I wish. We I had a good rant about it. This I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we this got This is definitely we got not the, the Sam Haters Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's I'm, see. I'm going to do the, I'm very mad at that 6%. I'm eager to listen back and hear the conversation. Gerard wasn't the... And Gerard, uh, Brad Hunt was in the lead for a while, not Gerard. So I'm glad it flipped because because yeah. people are wisening up a little bit. But uh, nine Hunt people. There's so just to let the record show. That's only nine people. So that's not ten. There aren't ten people on this earth that think that. Hopefully, hopefully it just stays at nine. And I'm going to vote for Sam Gerard just so that just I can to do put it over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to agree with Eddie that putting Gerard on this list enabled the, the trolls. Uh, yeah. But you know what? It I know, and it was my about. idea. So like I. <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe it enabled the trolls, but like I've responded, it also highlights the fact that these trolls exist, yes, and these absolutely. trolls, these trolls should be talked about because we need to get rid of them. One so, of like, them obviously, we're, we're doing a public service here. Yeah, that's I'm the whole point. I'm actually surprised it's that low, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet I'm you happy. one. I bet you one of those nine is the guy in Calgary who had the Trey Gerard sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've, we've we kicked that guy too. out of the fandom. He's not yeah, I already did my I already did my you're no longer allowed <laughs> rant for him. So and, and just to double back to that, like hit me up, bro. Let's talk because you need yeah. some help. You need yeah, some help. I'll get you that. back into loving we'll, your team instead of hating them. We'll have an intervention. Pod, fix this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring him on. That would be a good episode. Hey, <laughs> we have the right. guy who hold the Trey Gerard sign on our cast. Come come talk <laughs> shit. Yeah. Right on, y'all. Well, I mean we probably shouldn't have this conversation on air. Maybe edit this out if you want, but we could have uh, we could have uh, uh, audience members on as guests sometimes. See what their concerns are about the about the. Yeah, we did a. Me and Evan did a spaces after a couple of games, and we got some visitors that we did not know who these who these people were. They were talking not about the Avalanche, so we'll do that. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to vet the in another language for a while. Yes, yes, and who knows? God knows what they were saying. Like, no offense, they just didn't know what language. 
language it was. <clears throat> yeah, so it could have been I terrible. Think was, I think it was French, if I had to guess. Yeah, but... yeah that sounds right. Hey, put it on the idea board. We need we need yeah. things. We need put clicks. a pin in it. We need to. We need just just support, do a bunch of so trade speculation articles. That'll be yeah. enough clicks for the whole year. Yeah, if we put we've got this po this trade Gerard poster guy on our podcast, I guarantee I, we'll get clicks on. I it. have comments about the whole thing and the trade speculation, but I'll keep that for off air. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> well then, since I'm excited to hear about that, let's get off the air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, another great episode of the Mile High Hockey Lab. On behalf of everybody here at Mile High Hockey, Mile High uh, I'm Hockey 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 H